Thank you, Yoni. So today I'm sitting with Rose Guinassar, who is the Director of Development and International Relations at the Tower of David. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Joy? Very good. So I want to kind of take a different approach to this interview than my usual interviews. Usually I like to interview people before an event and say, what's going to happen at this great event? But now that we're after Sukkot and um, your Sukkot family event, which was called the Band's Visit, was such a big success. I want to hear what role you played in that and how it came to be and how the Tower of David decided that this was the activity they wanted to have and host people for Sukkot. So maybe take us back to, as your role in um, development and international relations, how do you find donors outside of Israel who are interested in doing something at the Tower of David? And then what's the next step that takes it to a project level? Okay. Well, I'm sure, you know, you're aware, as everyone's aware, that philanthropy has really changed over the years. Um, Where once a donor would want to give money to an organization who would then take that money and perhaps give it to someone else or to have have an activity, and that donor would feel satisfaction... That, uh, that his donation was being used for something useful. I think today it's much more organic. People want to be a part of the process. They want to contribute to the process. They also want to come up with the ideas. And when an organization like ours meets with a donor who has a vision and those two visions um, coagulate into, a, into a, a program or to or a project, I think that's really the ideal. That's the ideal, and that's what we, that's what we strive to do with our, uh, with our activities. So you had told me also that this concept of impact philanthropy, this, describe it in terms of this last event that you just had over Sukkot. Okay, well, we have, um, obviously, we have a number of supporters of the museum, and talking to one family, with the uh, Martin and uh, Susan Sanders, they are lovers of Jerusalem. They've been very active in Israel for the last 40 years. Um, they love Jerusalem, and they're wonderful supporters of our museum. They're also passionate about classical music. Um, Martin had a brother who passed away, who was a classical uh, pianist, who, um, and they have dedicated a number of prizes and a number of projects uh, in his memory and that, uh, that commemorate classical music. So, for example, uh, Martin was telling us about a program he does with the Ramaz Academy in Manhattan which sponsors classical music concerts and lessons for the children of Ramaz. And he said, is there something at the museum that we could do along those lines? So we we thought about it and we said, this could be perfect. We've never had a classical music concert for, for families. Let's do it. We thought about Sukkot, where we have thousands of, of families, children, adults, who come through the gates of the old city to, to, the, to celebrate Sukkot here. We said, let's bring them into the museum and, uh, and let's have a classical music concert. And that's what we did, and it was absolutely fabulous. It's so interesting also because music is something that doesn't have the barrier of language. And I'm assuming that your guests that come over Sukkot, you know, or anytime, are all different languages. Absolutely. The museum itself, um, we have half a million visitors a year, and half of them are foreign tourists. And Sukkot, of course, we have uh, a special contingent of uh, Jewish tourism who comes here 
for for the holidays. So of course, we advert, we put our flyers out in the in in the hotels. We were really gratified to see that people from all over came to uh, enjoy the music. And what we ended up doing, because we were having this wonderful concert, concert, we said, let's have the children's activities during the early part of the day linked to the history of Jerusalem, the idea of music in, uh, in the city, in biblical Jerusalem and today, and bring it forward to classical music today. And it was, it was really, really a lovely, welcoming, accessible way to introduce many families who Many of them perhaps never had the chance to introduce their children to music, to, to bring them into this fold. So it's funny, I find it kind of ironic that the Tower of David, I would say, and I, I've got a background, obviously, for years working in Jerusalem and tourism, and the Tower of David is always one step ahead in coming up with the most creative events in an ancient setting. So it's actually funny that you say that you haven't done a classical music concert, which would be the most obvious choice. Um, but how did you choose who was going to be part of this event, and how did you make it unique? That was, that, I think that was also part of this process of, bringing, of kind of thinking of what's the music for, what did Martin and Susan want, they wanted, to bring young, they wanted to bring young children into the picture, and we thought of the Jerusalem Street Orchestra, which is a, it's a chamber orchestra of classically trained musicians, all graduates of the uh, Academy of Music here in Israel, um, led by Ido Spitalnik, who is now doing his master's in conducting, and they specialize in making classical music accessible. For example, they believe that you, can't, you don't just have to play classical music in a concert hall. You can do it in a city square. You can do it in a park. They even did it in the garage of a car dealership. So he said, what could be better than the courtyard of an ancient citadel in the heart of Jerusalem on Sukkot? That's true. And then there's also so many different ways you can connect music with the holiday of Sukkot. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. What we did, we said, if we made all our activities center around music. In fact, this, this donation actually was the impetus for the whole, this whole three-day festival of music. Um, we begin, you know, Jerusalem has always been linked to music. King David and his harp is perhaps the very, um, the very symbol of, uh, of Jerusalem. So we, we had activities where children learned about the Levites who played, in, who, who played music in the temple during Sukkot. Um, we brought classical musical, actually biblical musical instruments to the tower to show the kids how, how it was played in the days of, of the Bible. Um, we had a workshop where children actually made instruments and then they, they marched around and played it. And all of this as a, um, as a, a, a not a follow-up, but a lead to the, uh, to the classical music concert that took place in the afternoon. So it's definitely impact philanthropy, that's for sure. And, and I love the way you do this partnership where you really, they weren't just saying to you, here's the money for this event, make it happen. They wanted to be part of it. Absolutely. And that's what we try and do with um, all of the philanthropy. Um, we'll work together with the donors. If someone, we have a wonderful um, special needs program here. And we have donors who, for personal reasons or because of uh, this is just what they're interested, are um, want to give to uh, activities that make 
culture and heritage accessible to all. So we work with them. We discuss what we're doing. We tell them what we're doing. But it's really, um, it's a partnership because the donor gives to a cause that's close to his heart and the museum uses it for something that's vital for the museum to do. And I think those are the two uh, important things, that the, that the the donor feel feels that he's invested, that he's making an impact on something that he knows is important, and the museum itself says, or the organization can say, yes, and this activity is 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 elevating the mission of our of our museum it's actually fulfilling the vision and the mission that we have i think it's beautiful and it also impacts the tourists it impacts the local families who live here and the museum world you know where you're sharing with other museums around the world the different activities that you're doing um your special events for special needs families are so Special. It's the wrong word for it, but I always promote them. And like you'll have special, you'll have evenings where you're just inviting these families and making them feel so at home and so a part of Jerusalem and the culture in Jerusalem. And it's really, it's a beautiful thing. And that's something else that would never have happened were it not for the donors who gave for this special program. Because these are the kinds of things that a museum doesn't necessarily have within its working budget. And uh, these are the kinds of things that uh, I think enhance. Not just oh, yeah. the museum, but the city. The city itself, exactly. We we uh, as the as the museum of the city of Jerusalem, we want to make an impact beyond the walls of the museum, and really to impact the the cultural life of the city. So that for sure, you've done that. I hope you continue <laughs> to do that. But the Tower of David has definitely impacted the culture in the city, and and the different events and and festivals and activities that you have going on here are always fascinating. And, and that's why any of you listeners know that I'm often interviewing someone from the Tower of David because they just, they genuinely are ahead of the game. They're just always thinking about things that are so exciting, whether it be a Forbes conference for young entrepreneurs or um, incredible night shows or um, art exhibits. Or, and, and, and we're sitting right now having this interview in this incredible innovation lab. Like, we are in ancient walls. I'm staring at the ancient Jerusalem stone walls and right next to me are some of the most high-tech people working on these computers and programs you know, creating an incredible technology innovation for museums so this place is very special oh, thank you, we think so we think so, it's really it's, it's a privilege to be able to come through these gates every day and how long have you been working here at the Tower of David? gosh, I'm about 12 years so Rose really knows what's going on here. So if anyone wants to reach Rose, you can email towerofdavid at funinjerusalem.com and I'll make sure that she gets the emails. If anyone has an inspiration for a project that then, and uh, you know, they're interested in being a donor or just being involved in, in creating some of the magic that exists here at the Tower of David. Thank you so much for sitting with us. And thank you so much, Joanna. And we've already said Shana Tova, so have right. a good year. All right, and now back to you, Yoni.